This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're at Exodus chapter 27. We've made it Exodus chapter 27 and we are at the, the altar. And you go, the altar, what are you talking about? The altar is important for us at church because we understand that that's where we go at the start of the, during the worship time of the service. And the whole reason to go there is, well, that's the place where we are cleansed and, and prepared to hear God's word. And if you use the tabernacle, if you use the temple as a picture of how to approach God, how scripture tells us to approach God, you can see that there's a method, there's a process, there's a there's a way in which we go in. And I say that and people go, is that a ritual? No, we're not talking about a ritual. We're talking about we're talking about a methodology. Just as Jesus, when he was asked to pray, he didn't say pray this. He said pray like this, meaning he gave them an outline of kind of how to speak to God. Things that God things that God wants us to wants us to deal with when we come to deal with him. And just like Jesus gave his disciples in the disciples prayer, we call it the Lord's prayer, but the truth is him teaching his disciples how to pray, what he was teaching them is a methodology. And so when we study the the tabernacle and when we study the the, uh, the temple, what we're getting there is an outline is an outline of how we approach God. And we don't want to miss this. It's important. And another element of proof of that is if you go to churches all around the world, even Catholic or Russian Orthodox or just you name it, Pentecostal, mainline denomination, Baptist, Episcopalian, Methodist, if you go to any of those services all over around the world, they have a general outline. They generally have the same outline of how they do a worship service and they invite, they have some elements to the service that are, you're going to find, and it may be different how they do it, but there's going to be elements to the service that you find in every service. And the reason is because each one of those services, the whole worship of God has uh, been handed down to us from really Exodus here and in Leviticus, and then understanding how the temple was built and how God gave instructions on building the temple, and then ordering worship and the way the Jewish, the Jewish, the, the Jews did it during the Old Testament, and then that being handed down in the New Testament, there's going to be prayer, there's going to be singing, and the singing's usually at the start of the service. It, it always usually is, and it may be other times during the service, but there's definitely going to be singing. There's definitely going to be some kind of teaching. It may not be teaching from God's word anymore. There are certain places you go where that doesn't, that's not the preeminent teaching. But I will say this, if you're in a place where God's word's not being taught, you need to get out. That being said, if God's word's the preeminent, preeminent teaching tool, 
then you're in a place where God can speak to the hearts of people. And if Jesus is not the the preeminent, the most important part of the worship service, then then and you say Jesus is, we sing or whatever. No, the Word of God, Jesus is the Word made flesh. So if He's not the most important, there is. But if you'll notice. There are aspects to the worship service that you find in every, in every, in every Christian set, I guess is the best way for me to describe it. Christian sects, whether it's denominations, whether it's giant organizational churches like the Catholic Church or the Russian or, or the Orthodox Church or whatever group you're with, whatever, however they form, they go through a similar t- type of worship. And that is because it is pictured in scripture, it is carried out by the Jews, and it is carried on to the New Testament church, and it's been carried there for thousands of years to us because it is the way to worship God. And so when we're studying through all these things, we're studying how to worship God. We're studying what God finds very important. And he started off with the tabernacle. And why is that important? That's where you come and meet with him personally. So Obviously, God's going to think that's real important because he gave his son's life so that we could do that. But outside of the tabernacle, outside the actual tent or outside the actual temple, if you were on the temple mount, outside the actual tent or tabernacle, there are things that are built there and they have particularity in the way God says he wants them built. And one of them is the altar of uh, burnt offerings. And it is a very important place for us personally in our worship. It is a important picture. It's an important picture for us as Lake Community Church, but it's an important picture in scripture for how we worship and how we seek out God. And so it's it is a highly it needs to be focused on. And the altar of burnt offering, you say, we don't do a sacrificial system anymore, Chad. We can't. Pastor Chad, we we don't do that. Yes, we do. We really do. We do a sacrificial system every Sunday morning. The Bible says that, do you not know that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit and that we are to offer our bodies as living sacrifices? We we are in a sacrificial system, and, and yet the sacrificial system is not a, a system of blood and death anymore because Jesus was the final sacrifice for that. His blood paid for all of it. But our sacrificial system is a living sacrifice now. It is our life placed on the altar of God so that he might burn up those things that are destructive, burn up those things that are outside of his will, burn up those things that that are not pleasing to him and making us pure and holy. He is refining us in the fire of his altar. And he's doing that every, he's doing that all the time. But when we bring ourselves as that sacrifice, when we come and bring ourselves as that sacrifice to his altar, well, we're prepared. We're preparing ourselves to to receive really all that God has for us. We're preparing to seek receive His very best, and that's why when you see Him saying, "Build this altar," what does He say? He starts out with not the silver, not the brass, not the gold, not the accoutrements. He says, "Build an altar of acacia wood." Now you go. What is the altar? Okay, I don't know exactly what that is. I'm gonna tell you, and it is really a very large barbecue pit really if you want to know the truth that's if you look it up and look at pictures the way artists want to renditions of this altar all you got to do is google it and then go to images if you'll google it and go to images you'll just see all kinds of renditions of this altar and what it really looks like is it looks like when in the south what we used 
use is these 55 gallon barrels. When I was a little kid, they would take these 55 gallon barrels, they cut them in half, they put a grate on the uh, bottom half, they put uh, they put a handle on the top half, and they they put uh, on the side some hinges, and they'd hinge that thing up, and they take that grate out and put uh, coals in the bottom. And, and that's how they did barbecue. And uh, now we have big fancy grills with gas and we have big fancy grills that we can put wood in the side and they roll. They're even on, uh, they're even on trailers that we can move around and cook just bucoodles of barbecue, which by the way, I'm not against that at all. I think that's, that's an advancement in human society that we ought to applaud. But that being said, the, the, the idea of having this giant barbecue pit, this giant pit where you where you work and cook, that's really what this is. This is a place where we're where we're they make the sacrifice, and it's three cubits high. It says it's supposed to be three cubits high. And that was a pretty good one. He says three cubits high, meaning it's about four and a half feet tall, and then it's to be five cubits long and five cubits wide. It's in a square. It's not a rectangle. It's a square. And that's about seven, it's about seven long and seven wide. So you can imagine this is a pretty big pit. It's a pretty big barbecue pit. And it, it is to be, it's to have horns on each of the four corners so that the horns and the altar are one piece and overlay the altar with bronze. Now, what you've got here is some clear pictures. First of all, this this pit is large, so it's for large animals. And if you think about seven long and seven wide, it would be a pit, if you were thinking about putting yourself on the altar, it'd be a pit that you fit on. Now, we're not being burned up. We're not doing the human sacrifice. That's satanic. That's unbiblical. We're not into that. The, there is only one sacrifice that had to be human, and that is God himself coming in the form of man in the, in the form of his son. Other than that, there is no, there, there is none of that. We're giving ourselves as a, as a living sacrifice. So when we go on the altar, we're not, we're being refined. We're not being, we're not being killed. But if you'll think about it, it's the size that we would fit on. We, it's a human, adult human size. It's enough for all of us. And it'd be enough for a, for them to sacrifice the animals, bulls, oxen, all that kind of stuff. They could place that on the altar. It says, make a horn so it's tall, it's wide, it would it had steps up to it. It says, make a horn at each of the four corners. Now, we're not sure exactly what this looks like, okay? And when you look at the rendition, some of them you'll look and it'll look like an actual horn, like the horn of a, of a cow or the horn of not a buffalo or a ram, but it kind of sticks out just like a horn from the altar. And sometimes it looks like they've just added a big block that is shaved off into a point. It looks like that. Now, remember, this is all made of casey wood, and we're the wood casey wood. So it, we are the fundamental foundation of this altar. And on the four corners, it has the horns. And that is a beautiful picture. It is something that's used throughout Scripture. The horns of the altar are where we grab hold of God. Those horns would have been where the blood would have been placed to, to purify the altar. It Horns, by the way, always represent power. Okay, so whenever you see the word horn, you always think of power. And these horns represent the power of God's salvation. And salvation is an important thing as far as our, our Christian life. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about salvation where you begin your relationship with God. That is a really a Western term terminology, really more of a United States uh, American idea of the 
salvific process. Salvation is an act, is a constant and continual work of God in our lives. And that's why Paul uses it in the past, present, and future tense when he's speaking about his own salvation. And it is it is a process of God sanctifying us. That process of salvation or being saved is the altar process. It's it, This altar is a perfect picture of it. And it's the power of God to purify, refine, and make us holy. And so when we go to the altar, what we're doing is we're grabbing hold to the horns of the altar, meaning we're grabbing hold of the power of God at the altar. And we're saying, refine us. We're saying, purify us. We're saying, make us. We're saying, grow us. We're saying, become all things within us. That That is the whole purpose of going to the altar of God. That's the whole purpose of coming to meet with him is that we come and we are refined and we're made new and we're made powerful and we're made right before him. And when we lay our living lives sacrifice, our living sacrifice on the altar, he makes us in his image. He makes us in his likeness. And that's what salvation is all about. When you go back to the altar here, it's a picture of God purifying and and sanctifying. When you come to modern times and our understanding of how we approach God, it is God sanctifying God, making us new as we come before him. And we're asking him to do that. We're engaging God in this. This is the aspect of our relationship with God. Sanctification, by the way, justification, you do nothing for. Glorification, you can't make yourself glorified and you can't resurrect yourself. God does that. So justification, we don't do. Glorification, we can't do. Okay. By the way, sanctification, justification, you can't do either. And then in the middle, we have sanctification or being saved. And that is the part of the process where we join God. That's the part of the process where we submit ourselves to his will. And this is the part of the process that you're invited to be in. Otherwise, God wouldn't even just tell us anything. He'd just do it all. But there's a part of the process where we join God, where we actually do the things God has told us to do. And we act in faith. We join him in faith, doing what, doing the things that God has asked us to do. And that is what the altar is all about. You grab hold of the horns of the altar. You say, you are the power. You are the glory. You're everything. And we need you to make us, make us like you. And that's the whole purpose of the altar is to be made in his image and in his likeness to be as he is. And so we put our bodies up on that altar and make ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to him. This is our rightful act of worship. It is the proper thing we should do is to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. And it's over, it's, it's as the horns on the corner and it's, it's all in one piece. It's, it's not uh, broken up into pieces. And then finally it's overlaid with bronze and bronze is a picture of judgment. Okay, and you're going, why is God judging us? He is, but remember, there's a difference between judgment for condemnation and judgment for sanctification, okay? God's, God refines us and purifies us and removes those things that are destructive, that are uh, outside of his will, that are out of, that should not be in our lives. So he is, in a purifying sense, judging us, okay? He's making us holy. And the bronze is a picture of God's judgment. It always is. Every time when you see horns, power, bronze, judgment. Okay. It's a picture of God's 
wor working his judgment toward us. Anytime you see one of the red metals or copper, you got copper, then you got bronze, then you got uh, brass. Uh, bronze and brass are, are, are metals that are mixed together. Uh, bronze being the most powerful of the metals mixed together. Copper is really strong. Bronze makes it uh, not only strong, but it makes it malleable and easy to use and less brittle. And bronze is the strongest of the metals. It is the strongest of God's judgment. And so when we see God's judgment at work in our lives, it's not for it's not for condemnation, it's for sanctification. And that's what the salvific process is, is to be sanctified before him. And so <clears throat> we're going to study a little bit more about the altar tomorrow. But that being said today, uh, I think we get a, a good primer on the whole purpose of having this uh, altar of burnt offerings because we are the burnt offerings. I pray that you'll uh, think about this and that it, it will it'll make you consider what you're doing on Sunday morning. You're not going through a ritual. You're going through a process of meeting with God. And in that process of meeting with God, if you do what God has said, just like in the Lord's Prayer, if I speak to God about the things he's asked me to speak to him about, I'm renewed, I'm refreshed, I'm made whole, I'm made alive before him. I pray that'll be the case for you. I, I know it will, because you, the only reason you'd be listening to this is you want to know about it, you want to understand it. And so I pray that'll be the case for you and that you'll meet with God regularly and the power of God will flow through you because he's made you pure and sanctified you on this altar. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.